0: Hi, and welcome to Seen and Heard. My name is Allison Tristo, and I'm the community field representative with Western United Dairies. Today, the CEO, Anya Radabaugh, is going to come on the podcast and answer some questions about Landflex and just give an update as the release date is coming up soon. Let's get into it. Also, there will be no market update for this episode, so we will catch up with Tiffany next week. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public funding, and we want to help you continue farming in
1: California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com.
0: So today we have Anya Radabaugh on the podcast to give us a little bit of an update with LandFlex. Uh, So Anya, uh, what do you have going on with LandFlex?
1: So the LandFlex portal is opening on April 18th, and we expect it to be open for two weeks until uh, May 4th. That's Tuesday. Um, And if we don't get all of the applications that we think we need, we will keep the portal open under an extended period of time. That the Landflex portal is scheduled to open on Tuesday, April 18th.
0: So Anya, has there, any been, has there been any changes to the Landflex portal that you want to update the growers about?
1: Yes, I think it's really important to um, remind people to visit landflex.org. We have a list of frequently asked questions, um, which hopefully will answer any questions I don't uh, and not able to respond to here today. But generally speaking, uh, as we are trying to prepare now even though we have a lot of water a lot of water on the ground and a lot of snowmelt coming this is the time right now to prepare for drought and um, the state still stands committed Mm -hmm. to make sure that um, critically overdrafted basins are um, protecting their drinking water supplies and their future drinking water supplies and still stand very strong behind landflex and its objectives and so a couple critical questions that we've gotten around landflex are, does this affect my ability to recharge? Does this affect my ability to apply surface water if I were to enroll in LandFlex? And lastly, does this affect my ability to purchase tiered water in the future? And the, question, the answer to all three of those questions is no. LandFlex purchase will be applied to the 2023 water year allocation as part of the GSA's Sigma plan. So for example, if the 2023 allocation was one acre foot, the grower will be paid $1,000 per that acre foot. As part of the conditions and continuity under LandFlex, however, the grower is expected to also relinquish his future uh, glide path to transition to zero under Sigma. So theoretically, if the 2024 allocation was 0.75, the 2025 allocation was 0.5, he is also giving up that water as well, which is a separate conversation from recharge credits, pumping credits due to recharge or surface water application. And it's also separate from his ability to purchase tiered water. So in some situations, the grower will also have a banked amount of overdraft that he has rolled over year over year. He has the option in LandFlex to put that up for sale. That will be a decision that his GSA will make both on the quantity and how much overall the grower gets. They're still going to be offered $1,000 an acre foot for that optional purchase but it's up to the GSA to agree that they have the quantity banked that they think they do. And so at the end of the day, the GSA will still be responsible for the total demand reduction accounting to DWR demonstrating that land flex had an effect of reducing, permanently reducing demand on the aquifer. Couple other things that growers and farmers probably will find, um, unique and interesting that have been modified in the last several weeks. Each GSA in the initial award, which are Madera GSA, Greater Kuya GSA, and Eastern Thule GSAs, each had the ability to decide with respect to where the farmer's property and proximity to wells is located, what priority they wanted to give that. So the Landflex guidelines are very specific. Generally, they say the closer in proximity fallowed acreage is to domestic wells or wells, the higher likelihood that that farmer will win the award compared to others that are further away from those domestic drinking water supplies. So what the GSAs did though, is they were able to add a layer of criteria which will be available on the landflex.org website about you know generally if they wanted to also follow around public supply wells um, Madeira for example selected priority around maintenance wells thinking that there is very um, little funds to help you know balance those maintenance well needs greater Kauai spent a lot more time looking at underserved and underrepresented communities And Eastern Thule did the same. They really focused on areas in and around the Eastern Thule service area, separate from, for example, the Porterville area. Um, Those individual criteria are each unique to the GSAs. And as we award more GSAs under LandFlex, each GSA working with their boards will have the opportunity to identify you know, are there additional layers of criteria that they want to prioritize when farmers apply for land flex. Another, op- another thing I wanted to clear up was that um, there is an annual contract for following of that acre. That is what's expected under landflex, but the back end of it is a little bit more complex and growers need to go into this with their eyes open. The perpetuity component of this has caused a lot of consternation. I understand that Um, there is an expectation when you enroll in LandFlex that you're not going to be overdrafting anything beyond the safe yield in 2024 forward on that acre. And so growers all have to look at this and decide if this is something they can use. Um, It is not gonna be for everyone. We couldn't design a program that would work for everyone, but we are trying to give farmers an option here of soft landing some of these really tough Sigma issues uh, sooner versus later. And so it's it's really critical for people looking at Flex to think about what their property will look like in 2040, starting in 2024. And if they can't make that transition, you know, that quickly. And again, we're, we are paying for that transition to occur. We're paying a significant amount of money for dairy farmers who need to purchase upcycled and replacement feed. And we're paying an even greater amount, $2,800 per acre for growers and farmers to remove orchards or vines so that they can then transition to something like tomatoes or wheat or a cover crop that's just able to use surface water or something with surface water combined with the safe yield of that GSA.
0: Anya, can you go further into detail on the optional purchase?
1: Sure. So in addition to the water year 2023 allocation, which is expected to be given up as part of enrollment in LandFlex, a lot of growers in specific GSAs, and this isn't applicable everywhere, but it's applicable in some places, have been perhaps not using as much of their overdraft allocation year over year as others have. So they've been able to bank that in their you know, their grower dashboard. Um, but it is a, a transaction that um, I think is, is under scrutiny at the moment. Uh, right now, DWR has generously allowed those growers to offer that banked um, transition water up for sale if they so choose. Um, and so that's a decision that the grower will need to make. He can certainly not offer that. But if he wants to put that on the block for potential purchase, he and the GSA will get together and decide if that quantity is what he thinks it is and whether or not it's eligible for the full thousand dollars an acre foot purchase. And so with all of the extra water in the system right now, with a lot of these opportunities for recharge credits, pumping credits, um, I think this is a really good opportunity for people to look closely at that talk with her GSA and figure out what the back end accounting will look like on that. This is a separate um, kind of sub deal, sub sub conversation from the farmer selling the rest of his Sigma water in perpetuity.
0: Got it. So do you have any other frequently asked questions that you've been getting or anything else that you'd like to clarify before we wrap this up? Yeah. I think the
1: biggest question that I, there's the two kind of, we, we just, handled the optional purchase question. Um, I think a few of the other ones will be answered on landflex.org in the frequently asked questions um, section. But the biggest question that I've been getting, um, well, there's two, is does Landflex interfere with my ability to recharge or purchase and use surface water in the future? Absolutely not. There is, um, that is not in DABWR's wheelhouse right now, they want to encourage that activity because it balances the needs of the basin. Frankly, it brings Sigma goals to fruition much faster. So as long as your GSA has a really tight accounting of how those recharge credits and how the surface water credits are allocated, which if you're enrolling in LandFlex, your GSA has that type of accounting, it wasn't going to be possible otherwise. Um, and then the other question that I've been getting quite a bit of is, if my acreage is enrolled in LandFlex, can I apply for sweep or equipment money under a USDA program or NRCS program? The answer is yes. You are welcome to enroll double. You know, um, programs. There's no prohibition on that double enrollment under LandFlex. In fact, it's encouraged. Um, We are trying to make sure that GSAs are able to use the multi-benefit habitat repurposing program a little bit differently and separately this first round. But generally speaking, if a farmer wants to enroll in like a healthy soils program to do cover crop planting and he's enrolled in LandFlex, that can happen. If he wants to use sweep money or an EQIP program, he can do that as well. And so those are things that we fought really hard for in the development of this program, because you see this quite frequently in other programs. If you apply for, um, in some cases, a a USDA program, you are precluded from other forms of programs. That is not the case under LandFlex.
0: A lot of clarification here which is a good thing cuz Landflex is coming up soon.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on and as always people are encouraged to reach out. Please check out landflex.org. Uh, it has been exhaustively combed through. If we are missing some critical frequently asked question chances are it's going to be it's going to be populated in that frequently asked questions uh, page on the website landflex.org. Um, and you're always welcome to contact any of your technical service providers um excuse me, technical assistance providers, Western United Dairies, the Almond Alliance, CAF, which is the California Alliance of Family Farmers, or Self-Help Enterprises. They've all been critical and important components in building this program. Thank you, Anya. Have a great day. Pacific Gas & Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com slash agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe.
0: Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at Bennett-Environmental.com. Thanks again, Anya, for coming on the podcast, and thank you to those who are listening. If you'd like a notification when a new episode releases, you can always subscribe, and I hope you all have a great week. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, The Morning Star Company, Pult of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support.